just want to share with you before we begin, um, as was announced earlier, we do have nine more nights in the seminar. And um, believe it or not, these are the, if you wanted to miss nine nights, you should have missed the nine nights we already had. But you're not going to be able to afford to miss these next nine nights because this is where we get really, really into some heavy things. But praise the Lord, they will not be heavy for you because you've got a good foundation. And so we're going to be going over some of these subjects. Let me just uh, name some of them for you. Antichrist kingdom. We're going to be finding out these next nine nights what and who the Antichrist is Antichrist of Bible prophecy. We're going to be talking about that number 666. How many of you have heard of that number before? We're going to be getting into that and we're going to see, we're going to be seeing how all this ties into the heavenly sanctuary. We're going to be talking about spiritualism and how spiritualism is actually invading many Christian churches today. So we're going to be dealing with the issue of spiritualism. We're going to be talking about the Millennial Temple. How many of you have heard about the Millennium? The Millennium, 1,000 years of peace um, that the Bible speaks about in Revelation 20. And another very special and favorite topic of mine called the City of Fire. And you don't want to miss that subject, the City of Fire. In fact, uh, this Friday night is going to be Spiritualism Invades a Church. And then Saturday night will be uh, the City of Fire. And so, again, I just want to encourage you to keep coming, and it is not too late to invite someone. Even if it's their first time coming, they will be caught right up to speed in these next nine nights, okay? So, let us bow our heads and uh, ask the Lord to bless this meeting tonight. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for what you are about to do for us tonight. Please, Lord. Let your spirit teach us and instruct us and humble us, Lord, as we come to your cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tonight's message is entitled, The Truth About Sorcery. Now, you may hear some things that uh, just may shock you tonight. Don't be so shocked. Um, this is all going to be coming from the Bible, and I, I just want to say right up front that what we're going to be learning tonight is about sorcery is going to be a lot different than what you have heard about sorcery. And so just be prepared to see what the Bible has to say about this subject of sorcery. Uh, let me ask you a question real quick. Uh, how many of you know anyone who is struggling with sorcery? You know someone who may be struggling with sorcery, or you know someone who is involved in sorcery? Okay. Um, all right. The truth about sorcery. Let's begin by looking again at the rebellion in heaven. This is going to help us to understand what the Bible defines at sorcery. 1 John 3, verse 4 and verse 8. The Bible reads there, Whosoever committeth what? Sin transgresses also the 
law for sin is the transgression of the law. It goes on to say, and this is verse 8, he that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil did what? Sinneth from when? The beginning. So this verse tells us here that the devil broke a what? Broke the law. And when did he do that? In the beginning. And beginning means up in heaven where sin began. He's the author of sin. So the Bible tells us that there was sin in heaven or a rebellion in heaven. <clears throat> Bible goes on to tell us, well, we, we want to look at the meaning of this word transgression. The word transgression simply means rebellion. So when the Bible says Satan transgressed in heaven or when the Bible says transgression or sin is transgression of the law, it's another way of saying rebellion. Transgression or sin is rebellion. According to the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, it says in the Old Testament, Pesha occurs 80 times, rendered in all versions by what word? Transgression. Its meaning is rebellion. So transgression, according to the International Standard Bible, Bible Encyclopedia, uh, means rebellion. All right, Satan encouraged rebellion against God's sanctuary. We'll remember reading in Ezekiel 28, verse 18, Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquity and by the iniquity of thy traffic. And we'll remember again that iniquity is simply another word for transgression or lawlessness. So what did Satan defile in heaven? The Bible says he defiled the sanctuaries. And what have we been learning about these past nine nights? We have learned that the sanctuary was God's dwelling place. It was his throne. And according to the pattern, the law of God was the very foundation of that throne, of that mercy seat. And this is what Satan rebelled or defiled in heaven, rebelled against in heaven. What did Satan do to the minds of the angels? The answer's up there. He changed the minds of the angels. You understand what I mean when I say that? At first, there was perfect harmony in heaven. But through Satan's transgression or his rebellion, he did what? He changed or convinced angels to go against God and to go against the law of God. Bible says here, by the multitude of thy merchandise, and we've discussed this previously, that merchandise simply means that Satan was selling things in heaven, not with money, but he was selling lies. He was speaking lies to the angel, trafficking lies to the angels, and the angels ended up believing him. According to Ezekiel 28, verse 16, by the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. What art did Lucifer originate in heaven? Are you ready? There's the answer. 1 Samuel 15, verse 23, the Bible tells us, for what? Rebellion is as the sin of what? Witchcraft. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret here. If you notice the word is and as, and if you have a KJV Bible, and you look at that verse in the Bible, you'll notice that the word is and as are what? Italicized. 
What does that mean? It simply means that it's an added word. It's not in the original writing. So at first, when you read this text, you might think the Bible is saying that rebellion is something similar to witchcraft, but it's not saying that. What the Bible is telling us here is that rebellion is what? Witchcraft. So, beloved, as we think about these verses, we can come to the conclusion that what was used in heaven to cause the angels to rebel against God was witchcraft. Satan is the originator of this art of witchcraft, and it all began in heaven. The purpose of all sorcery is to put minds in rebellion to what? The will of God. Does that make sense? All sorcery, the purpose of all sorcery is to put minds or to place minds in rebellion against the will of God. The Bible says rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. When Satan was in heaven, he convinced or changed the minds of one third of the angels. And he did this through lies. And the Bible tells us that one third of the angels listened to Satan's lie. One third of the angels through witchcraft were deceived. Now you might say, well, how is that possible? The word for witchcraft in that same verse, 1 Samuel 15, 23, simply means to whisper a spell. To whisper a spell. Now, wow. Um, did Satan whisper a spell to the angels in heaven? What do you think? Of course. What was, what was he whispering? What was he merchandising? Lies. And through these lies, one third of the angels listened and began to believe Satan's deceptive lies over God. And what happened is that through those lies, these angels now began to see God in a different light. They began to see God as someone who was vindictive, who was... Um, not a God to be loved or honored or respected, which lets us know something. I'm not going to come to that conclusion yet. I'm going to hold off on that. One third of the angels are cast out of heaven. The Bible says, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And notice verse 4, Revelation 12, that was verse 9 we had just read. And now verse 4 says, and his tail drew the third part of the what? Stars of heaven and did cast into the earth. So the angels were deceived through witchcraft, through Satan's lies, whispering lies, to rebel against God and his throne or his sanctuary, and that got them kicked out of heaven. Now, let me just brief you a little bit on this. There are two types of witchcraft or magic. How many of you know what those two types of witchcraft or magic are? That's right. There is black magic and there is white magic. How many of you knew that? Okay. Black magic, what is that? Very simple. Black magic is that which 
uh, is openly evil. Okay, black magic is just, you can just look at it and say, yeah, that's evil. Definitely no question about it. The other kind of magic is white magic. And what white magic is, is it is evil under a disguise of what? Good. So you may hear some people say, well, I use magic, but I'm a, I'm a white magician. Simply meaning that I use magic for what? Good purposes. But we're going to find that the Bible actually condemns any use of magic because all magic, biblically speaking, comes from one source. And who do you think that one source is? It's Satan. Very good. Notice 2 Corinthians 11 verse 14. It says, And no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of what? Of light. So not only does the devil know how to throw on the red suit with the horns and the pitchfork and go, hey, I'm the devil. But he also knows how to appear as a what? As an angel of light. He's two-faced. Two forms. What kind of magic do you think he used in heaven? White. White magic. We can be holy without what? Without following God. We can be like God without having to submit to his rules. Satan did not present himself as one who was trying to do evil. He simply said, I can be like, like God. All right. How Satan deceives. Black magic, again, is obvious evil. White magic is seemingly for the purpose of good. Now we're going to go to the book of Revelation and we're going to see the, the relevance of sorcery in our day today. We've just talked about what happened in heaven and now we're going to look at the end time. This particular verse is speaking about Babylon and notice what it says in Revelation 18 verse 23. It says, And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy what? Sorceries were, how many? All nations, what? Deceived. Now, this is an incredible verse. And you may be tempted to wonder, could this verse actually be true? Because when I ask you out there, how many of you know someone who is struggling with sorcery? Uh, how many hands went up? I think two. But the Bible here tells us that how many, how many will be deceived? All nations will be what? Deceived by sorceries. So what's going on here? Well, first of all, we should realize that this is Satan's way of leading all nations to rebel against the way or the law of God. Does that make sense? If Satan used sorcery in heaven to cause the angels to rebel against the sanctuary or the law of God, somehow or another, in the last days, Satan's goal is to use the same sorceries to convince all nations that they don't need to what? They don't need to obey God's law. They don't need to follow God. How many of you think he's doing this right now? Oh yeah, definitely, beloved. We can begin to see how he is going to deceive all nations. But <clears throat> let's move on. And we're going to really get into this in terms of what he is doing today. Notice the Bible says in Psalm 77, 13, Thy way... 
O God, is where? In the sanctuary. And remember, sorcery is Satan's attempt to get us to stop following God's way or to stop walking in God's way. Sorcery is simply and plainly put the devil's attempt to keep our minds away from the sanctuary of God. Now, we're going to do a little, get a little understanding of this word sorcery here. The Greek word for sorcery in that same verse, Revelation 18, 23, is the Greek word, can you say that word with me? Pharmakia. Pharmakia. Okay? Remember that. The definition of the word sorcery is this. Anything that medicates the mind so that it will not follow the will of God. That's the definition of that word. If you were to get the Strong's Concordance, you would see in there, and, or uh, you, it's a, a concordance is a, a type of dictionary that you can use to look up Hebrew and Greek words. And you would look at the word sorcery, it would tell you the word is pharmakia, and it would say there that sorcery is anything that medicates the what? The mind, okay? Anything that medicates the mind. Well, we want to take a look at spiritualism. Do you think spiritualism can medicate the mind so that we will not want to follow the will or the law of God? Yes, indeed, beloved. Listen, listen to what the Bible says in Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire or that uses what? Divination or an observer of times. You want to know what an observer of times is? If, if I tell you, will you still like me? You promise? Because if you don't promise, I'm still going to tell you anyway. <laughs> An observer of times is one who, who discerns or tries to discern the future by looking at the stars and the moon or what time he was born. So you may have often said, as I used to say very often, I'm a... Libra, because I was born September 23rd, so I will look in my paper, in the paper, in the astrology section, and see what is supposed to happen for me this month. Anybody guilty? Don't raise your hand. Believe it or not, beloved, the Bible actually tells us not to do those things because it is a form of sorcery. Anyone know out there know anybody who may be struggling with sorcery? Uh, a couple more hands going up. Wow. Interesting. An observer of times or an enchanter or a witch or a charmer or a consulter with familiar spirits. Beloved, all these things are talking about are what we know today as psychics. The psychic hotlines. I'm not going to ask if any of you have ever called a psychic hotline. Because, beloved, these psychics, you know, and I've often thought, I, I just, I'm not going to call one, but I would just like to call a psychic one day and, and, you know, when he asked me for my credit card number, that I'd like to say, well, that's what I'm calling about. I would like to see if you can tell me my credit card number. But, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take that risk. God says don't even communicate with them. Don't talk to them because we are actually dealing 
with wicked spirits behind, as we'll see in a moment. It says, for all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, talking to familiar spirits. Who knows what a familiar spirit is? Familiar spirit is, or, or consulting with a familiar spirit, is basically talking to a departed loved one. Someone who is familiar to you. So you go to a, 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 a psychic or someone who claims to have the power to conjure up the dead, and you ask him, I want to know what Uncle Tom is saying today, or where is he now? The Bible says, don't do those things, and there's a reason why. For all that do these things are, and what? Abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord thy God does drive them out from before thee. Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12. It's interesting when you read about Babylon, it says that she has a golden cup full of, who knows, abominations. These are part of the abominations that she is promoting across across this planet. And as we look, beloved, at what is going on in the entertainment industry and elsewhere, we can see that when the Bible says, for all nations would be deceived by her sorcerers, how many of you can begin to see how that's happening? How that can happen? All right. We see again, you know, the, the psychic hotlines are being just touted all over and people are falling into this uh, left and right. People are reading their signs uh, and people are just trying to go to readers of the future. And beloved, it is the Bible that tells us accurately the future. Amen. All these, all these supposed powers are, are, are the devil's attempt to get us to believe that we don't actually need to depend upon God to know the what? Future. We don't need to go, go to God to get questions. We can go elsewhere. Other, there are other powers that can give us the answers as well. And this is simply a form of sorcery because it medicates the mind to believe that God is not the supreme God. Does that make sense? So you get a person who, who has an experience with a so-called spirit, and then you say, hey, why don't you come read the Bible? What for? I've got connection with spirits already. And this is what the devil is trying to do, but he doesn't get everyone like that, so he's got to come up with some other interesting ways. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, Ephesians 6.10. Beloved, when you are speaking to what you think is a departed spirit, who are you really talking to? You're really talking to demonic angels. You are really communicating with demonic angels. And the Bible says, again, remember, Satan can appear as an angel of what? Light. So our best, the best thing that you and I can do is not to consult with these people or with these people who profess to have these powers at all. And don't get involved with it at all. Not start stargazing, astrology, none of that. The Bible says don't do it because it is sorcery. Now remember the definition is what? What? Anything that medicates the mind so that it will not follow the way or the will of God. We saw spiritualism as a form of sorcery. Question, do drugs medicate the mind so that it will not follow the will or the law of God? Yes. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but do any of you know someone who may be struggling with sorcery? Yeah. You see, beloved, 
you think you look at what drugs does to the mind, and it's it's kind of a wasted time, I think, to just go through drugs, marijuana, um, uh, cocaine, crack, all these different things that 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 people are taking to escape from something, escape from pain or whatever it is. And what these drugs do to the mind is that they medicate them so much until it is almost impossible for a person to desire or want to have anything to do with God. So beloved, if you know someone who is involved with drugs, you know someone who is struggling with what? Sorcery. Now let me say this. You know, Hollywood paints a picture of sorcery as someone who is walking around with a chicken's head cut off, right? Well, if I would ask you, what do you think when you think of sorcery? You would think of somebody walking with a chicken's head cut off or somebody, you know, with feathers or stuff like that. And, and that is true. There are people in parts of the world and here in America who are practicing some open forms of sorcery. But I believe, beloved, that that is one of Satan's ways of having people deceived about the depth of his sorcerer's power. And so the Bible tells us, listen, don't just think that, you know, just because you're not talking to psychics, you're off the hook. Anything, what? Anything that medicates the mind so that it will not follow the will or the law of God is a form of sorcery. So we see that drugs medicate the mind. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, Know ye not that you are the what? Temple of God? Did you know that? Did you know that the temple that God made, the temple in heaven, and also the temple he, he told Moses to make on earth, do you know that that temple is also to represent you? What does Satan want to do with the temple? Destroy or defile it. So, beloved, when we put drugs into our bodies, what are we doing? We are doing Satan's work. This is why it's a form of sorcery, because it's the same thing he did in heaven. He wanted to defile the what? Defile the temple. And now the Bible tells us, know you not that you're the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? You know what the Spirit of God represents? What was the Spirit of God symbolized by in the sanctuary? Smoke. Holy smoke. Beloved, you don't get holy smoke from a cigarette. <laughs> you don't fill the temple <laughs> with, the holy, with, with smoke from a cigarette. The, the, those forms of smoke, beloved, from, from the marijuana and from all these other types of drugs are a counterfeit of the true infilling of the Spirit of God. You are defiling the temple. And God says, I don't want you to defile the temple. If any man defile the temple of God, him will God, what? Destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. In other words, if you destroy the temple, if you continue, if you persist in destroying your own bodily temple, you're doing the same work that, that who did? Satan did in heaven. So God says, I don't want you to do it. And drugs is definitely a form of sorcery, it defiles the temple and it medicates the mind so that it will not follow the will or the law of God. Now, are you ready for the next one? Are you ready? Do you think you know where I'm going? Would you be my friend if I brought this one up? Would you still be my friend? You promise? I didn't hear anyone say I promise. 
Okay, good. Because if you didn't promise, I was going to tell you anyway. Can, and this is Pastor Rose too, Templeton. Can alcohol medicate the mind so that it will not follow the will or the law of God? How many of you can see how Satan is attempting and is successfully deceiving the world through sorcery? Wow. And, uh, you know, I tried to get this right on my slide, but I couldn't get it. What is the other name for alcohol? Spirits. Oh, now you know why. Beloved, as we look at what alcohol does to the body, does alcohol destroy the temple? Yeah. Alcohol does so many things. It, again, it would just be kind of a waste of time to talk about all the, the physical effects that alcohol has on the body. But never mind the physical effects like the destroying of the liver and all those other kinds of things. But the, can alcohol medicate the mind so that you will not want to follow the will or the law of God? Yes, indeed, beloved. Yes, indeed, it can. Notice Proverbs 20, verse 1. Bible says there, wine is a mocker, strong drink is what? Raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Why does the Bible say that? Because, beloved, apparently it might be easy to be deceived by it. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, Jesus drank wine. We're going to talk about that in a moment. The Bible condones wine. We're going to talk about that in a moment because wine is one of the subjects that so many people are easily deceived upon. The Bible tells us not to be deceived thereby. Proverbs 23, verses 30 to 35. 30 to 35, listen to what it says. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has babbling? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the what? Wine. They that go to seek what? Mixed wine. Now, that word mixed wine is very important because what it's telling us here, when it uses the word mixed wine, it's talking about fermented wine. In the Bible, there are two kinds of wines. How many kinds? Two. Two kinds of wines. One was fermented and the other was unfermented. And the unfermented wine is simply wine that had no alcoholic content in it. The Bible here is telling us that we should not go to seek what? Mixed what? Mixed wine. It says, look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright, which is talking about the fermentation process. At the last, it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. In other words, the Bible says, stay away from that kind of wine, that when you drink it, you're fine at first, but at the last, it does what? It bites and stings like a serpent. Notice again, it goes on to say, Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me, shalt thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet what? 
again. Beloved, there's a reason why alcohol is addictive. The very same reason that drugs are addictive. They're both the same thing. They are drugs. They are the devil's methods of medicating the what? Mind so that we will not, let me tell you, I mean, the Holy Spirit pulls us and weans us and draws us. And do you know that as you partake of these things, your desire to reach out for God is, is minimized? You know, you just may, well, yeah, I want to, but you know. And you think that it's just something normal going on, something natural. But beloved, as we read the Bible, and as the Bible pulls back the scenes for us, we're realizing, wait a minute, this is not something normal. There's a reason why people are addicted to this and can't break it. It's because we're dealing with something super natural. We wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. And as you read uh, statistics of how many people die from alcohol-related accidents a year. Beloved, there's no question in my mind, and there should be none in your mind, that God does not want us to partake of this drug. Do not drink wine, nor strong drink, thou nor thy sons with thee, when ye go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations, and that ye may put difference between holy and what? Unholy, and between unclean and clean. Leviticus 10, 9 and 10. This was a command for the priests. They said, they were, the priests were told, do not, you nor your sons, when you come into the sanctuary, don't come in with wine on you. Why? Because they, so that they could what? Put difference between holy and, and, and unholy. How many of you think that you need to be able to rightly put a difference between holy and unholy? Well, beloved, the Bible tells us that when we partake of wine and strong drink, our ability to put difference between holy and unholy is lost. That's what the Bible is telling us. New wine, people say, you know, Jesus drank wine and he turned water into wine. Listen what the Bible says about new wine. Thus saith the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster. What is a cluster? It's the grape. The new wine was pure, unfermented grape juice. As the new wine is found in the cluster and one saith, destroy it not for a blessing is what? In it, so will I do for my servants' sake that I may not destroy them all. Isaiah 65, verse 8. New wine is pure grape juice. When you read in the Bible, you know, in the New Testament, I think Paul tells Timothy, drink a little wine for your stomach's sake. Beloved, when he says that, what he's saying is drink grape juice. It's good for your stomach. And you know, you read these commercials, you know, drinking wine, a glass of wine a day may help your heart. Beloved, well, it's the grape juice that they're talking about. The other part of that is that the fermentation will destroy your liver. See? Mixing of what? Good and evil. That's how the devil operates. So whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. People say Jesus gave uh, uh, alcoholic beverages to his disciples at the Passover when he was about to die. Listen to what it says. In Exodus 34, verse 25, thou shalt not offer the blood of my sacrifice with what? Leaven. Now, leaven, when you look at the meaning of this word in the Hebrew, it means fermentation. 
So God told the children of Israel back there in Exodus, listen, when you offer my Passover, do not offer it with what? Leaven. Now, do you think Jesus would come on the scene and all of a sudden give his disciples fermented grape juice, especially when they're about to have the biggest trial of their life? I don't think so, beloved. Notice 1 Corinthians 5, 7. Purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Leaven was used to represent sin. Purge it out, the Bible says. Get rid of it. Can uh, television and music and entertainment medicate the mind so that we will not follow the will or the law of God? What do you think? You know how many people may want to come to these meetings, but they've got some important television show to watch at home? some important form of entertainment, some important thing. Now, beloved, I'm not saying here that all television or all music or all entertainment is a form of of, of sorcery, but I am telling you that there are many programs and many forms of music and many forms of entertainment that are nothing more than the devil's sorcery to keep you occupied from entering into the temple of God. And that is a plain truth, beloved. Notice the Bible in Hebrews 13, 2. It says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. The Bible tells us that when we entertain, or that we should entertain strangers, because sometimes we don't even know if we're entertaining angels. Now, Abraham entertained angels. He invited them into his home uh, when God came down and spoke to him just before they went to Sodom and Gomorrah to destroy it. God came to Abraham with two angels. They appeared in the form of men. Abraham did not know it. He was unaware of it, but he invited them into their home. Is it possible if we can entertain good angels, is it also possible that we, may, that we can also entertain evil angels? Unawares. It is very possible, beloved. Let me show you the definition of this word, entertainer. We just want to break it down. Enter means what? To come in. Very good. Tain, that part of the word means to hold or possess or to hold in possession. And meant simply means a state of. So question, is it possible that through some of the entertainment that you and I may be involved in, that the devil and his angels can come in and take hold or possession of our minds and keep us in a state of possession. You think so? Yeah, beloved, he's doing it to so many young people who don't have time for God because they are caught up in the entertainments that this world has to offer. Not only young people, but older young people as well. You all missed that one. Satan used a medium when he deceived Adam and Eve. Do you remember what was the medium? It was a serpent. The devil used the medium. They've got a popular show out now called uh, Medium. And what is a medium? One who claims to have power to what? 
to see or to communicate with. He's a channel, as it were, to communicate with spirits. And so Satan used a medium to deceive Adam and Eve. Now, this is just amazing, beloved, because let me ask you, what do you think is the plural of the word medium? It is media. Media. Question. Could the devil be using the media today as a medium to deceive the world? All you need to do is flip the channel one time. Just turn on your television and guess what? You will notice without a shadow of a doubt, that the devil is using the media as a medium to deceive the world, to put on that television screen all kinds of filth and rottenness, things that will definitely turn our minds away from God. We will get caught up in the, in the smut of the world and that this is the devil's plan. And he's using the media, again, not all media, but many forms of media. Of, what we're watching on TV, beloved, is directly against the law of God. I think of Desperate Housewives. Never seen it. Think of some of these other programs that are, that are coming on, beloved. And all these programs are glorifying that which is against the law of God. And let me tell you, when we sit there, the Bible says that if you look after a woman to do what? Lust after her in your where? Heart, you are guilty of the sin already. And so what many people don't know is that as they're sitting down and they're glorifying in the adultery on the TV and they're going, ooh. What's happening, beloved, is that there is an angel doing what? Writing in the books of heaven that you are a partaker of that sin. And the devil's lying to you and saying, oh, this is just a television show. It doesn't really count. How many of you see how the devil's deceiving the world today? What is hypnosis? Hypnosis is the influence of one mind over another. How many of you realize that through the media, people are being hypnotized today? I'm not going to demonstrate you know, my... my my walk for you. But I just will tell you that I, when I was younger, I used to walk straight. And as I began to get older and watch my favorite hip-hop artists, you know what began to happen to me? I'm not going to do it. <laughs> You're waiting for me to do it. I'm not going to do it. But you know, I started walking in ways that my mom did not teach me how to walk. You understand what I'm saying? What began to happen? I began to get what? Hypnotized. Beloved, as you look at so many people out there who are now guiding their lives and beginning to look and act and talk like their favorite stars, you realize that the devil is using many, ignorantly, I was a star myself, but the devil is using many of these so-called stars to deceive and to lure people away from Jesus Christ. Now, how many of you know someone who's struggling with sorcery? Wow. Look at all the hands going up. What does the word channeling mean? Simply means to communicate with evil spirits. And you know, beloved, I can't help but think that as we sit before that TV screen and we're doing what? Changing the 
the channels, and as we're watching all these different things that the devil has to offer us on, this vi- on these various channels, from pornography to drugs to all these things that are against the law of God, I can't help but think that in some way, shape, or form, there is communication with evil spirits going on, and we don't even realize it. What does the word remote control mean? To control from a what? Distance. And some people say, ah, oh, <laughs> this has no effect on me at all whatsoever. But beloved, trust me, the devil has his remote control. He does. Now, this is really interesting, beloved, because remember the Bible says in Revelation 12, 4, his tail drew the third part of the what? Stars of heaven and did cast them where? To the earth. Why were these stars or angels cast out of earth? Because, like Satan, they wanted to be like who? Like God. They wanted to be more popular or more famous than God. So let me ask you a question. Where does the desire to become more famous than your peers come from? Who originated it? Where does the desire to outdo somebody else, to be better, to be worshipped, Because I remember when I was in the clubs and in my music group and I would come out on stage and you know what? I just see a whole bunch of hands doing what? What what is this? It's a form of what? Worship. And we enjoyed it. We loved it. This is what we were waiting for, beloved. Little did we realize that the very desire that drove us out there was a desire that originated in the heart of, of Lucifer. Where were these angels cast out? Into the earth. Let me ask you the million dollar question. Where is the home of the stars? You got it. Some of you got it. Where's the city of the lost angels? Home of the stars, everyone. Come on. Hollywood Los Angeles. Beloved, it is not a coincidence that Hollywood has become the major influence in terms of the entertainment industry. And by the way, what are these men calling themselves? They're calling themselves what? Stars. And all these stars now we are worshiping, beloved, All these stars we're looking at, we're bowing down to them and we're trying to be just like these stars and we're forgetting about the true star, which is who? Jesus Christ. So Revelation Star Wars, beloved, is something that is very real because we're seeing it now before our very eyes. Here's something interesting. How many of you have heard of Harry Potter? Harry Potter has a very special wand and that wand was made out of, guess what? The holly tree. And this holly tree was used used to put spells of sleep upon people. This was one of the nine sacred trees in, in ancient Druid religions. There were nine trees. The holly tree was one of them. So Harry's wand was made out of a wood called Hollywood. Question, do you think that Hollywood just may be the magic wand in the devil's hand that is keeping people away from following Jesus Christ? What do you think? I don't think it's even a question 
Beloved, he is putting people to sleep. Astrology or stargazing is the worship of the stars. It is following, it is uh, looking at the stars and directing our lives or our future according to the worship of the stars. Is anybody here involved in astrology? I hope not. But you just might be. Listen, thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators stand up and save thee from these things that shall come upon thee. Behold, they shall be a stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. Isaiah 47, 14. The Bible tells us clearly not to be involved with astrology or stargazing. But beloved, when we are worshiping the stars of Hollywood, when we are dressing according to the stars and when we are walking according to the stars and talking like the stars, what are we involved in? Astrology, the worship of the stars. And I know because I used to be there. Notice the word up there is move. The word move means to stir. Very good. Same definition for the word emotion. Notice how that E in motion is Separated emotions. So when you say things like I was moved, you're saying I was I was stirred, my emotions were moved. Now, Paul says here in Colossians 1:23, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not what? Moved away from the hope of the gospel. Colossians 1:23. Paul says, Do not be moved away from the gospel. Stand firm. Don't let anyone do what? Move you away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many of you know why the uh, movies are called the movies? Beloved, could it be that many of these movies that the devil is putting out serve for the purpose of moving us away from the gospel of Jesus Christ? What do you think? Beloved, without a doubt, you look at the movies that Satan is putting out that are filled with lawlessness and people go in and they sit and they are being moved. Their emotions are being stirred. They are being riled and, you know, for two hours they will sit and their emotions are, when, you, when, when, the, when the bad guy dies, what do you do? You cheer. When the good guy dies, what do you do? You cry. I mean, you can sit in the movie for two hours and you're, you're in, those, in that two-hour period, you weep, you cry, you yell, you... What's happening to your emotions? They are being moved all over the place. And then when you come out, everything is what? Boring. And then when you come to church, and there's no explosions going on up here, and nothing else, what does the devil do? He pulls out his remote control, and what button does he push? Snooze. And there you go. Sorcery, beloved. It's not a coincidence that you could be wide-eyed awake, you know, anywhere outside of a church, and as soon as you sit and... Man, I'm tired all of a sudden. Beloved, because the more the devil feeds the, the human mind with excitement and bombs and explosions and all these different things, and then we sit down to read the Word of God, we say, oh, it is what? Boring. Beloved, you have seen, I hope you have seen, that Revelation Star Wars is such an incredible theme. No human being could have thought this up. And this is way better, in my own mind, than the, the Star Wars movie. 
The Bible itself, beloved, is, it far exceeds anything out there that Hollywood can ever, ever, ever put together. So the devil knows I've got to make this stuff exciting so that the Bible will be what? Boring. How many of you know what telekinesis is? Telekinesis is the psychic ability to move or deform an object with, I've got with up there, it should be without the use of physical force. So when someone says, I've got the power of telekinesis, what they're saying is that they can move an object or deform it without touching it. Let me ask you something. Do you think that the devil, through the media, is using the power of telekinesis to deform your soul? You think so? It's interesting, beloved, as I saw this connection, I was just like, Lord, have mercy. Do you know the word cinema comes from the word kinesis? Simply means to move. To move. And beloved, the devil is moving and deforming so many people through the media, through all the things that he is pushing out there. And people, the Bible says that the world is being destroyed or deceived by what? Sorcery. Sorcery. The Bible says raging waves of sea foaming out of their own shame, wandering what? Stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. The people who are allowing themselves to be carried away by Satan, the Bible calls them stars. I was a wandering star. I was a star out there that said, hey, worship me. We are the best. We want glory. We want honor. We want praise. We enjoy the worship of people and the money and all the things that the devil had to offer. But beloved, there is another form or another set of stars in the Bible. Daniel 12, 3, and they that be what? Why shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and they that turn many to righteousness as the what? Stars forever and ever. Daniel 12, 3. And I'm glad to say tonight, beloved, that I was a wandering star, but now by God's grace, I will be a star that shines forever and ever. Beloved, how many of you want to be a star for Jesus? This is what Revelation Star War, the last day Star Wars is about. Now, notice what the Bible says. We have looked at sorcery on a broad level. We're going to get down to, an, to, to a, a, we're going to pinpoint now what the devil's going to do in the last days. And I hope it doesn't seem like I'm focusing on the devil tonight, but the subject is called the truth about sorcery, okay? It says, and he cried mildly with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great has fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have what? Drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Revelation 18, 2 and 3. This woman, Mystery Babylon, is described as a woman, and I told you the other night that I would show you where this woman represents a spiritual power. So here it is. Jeremiah 6 verse 2 says, I have likened the daughter of Zion to a comely and delicate what? Woman. Again, in Ephesians 5, 2, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the what? Church and gave himself for it. In Bible prophecy, when you see a woman being described, the woman represents a, a church. 
So when we get to the book of Revelation and we see that this woman, her name is Babylon, it's a weird phenomenon, but this woman actually represents a what? A church. It goes on to say that this woman or Christian power would deceive the world through wine. Notice what the Bible says about wine. Their wine, speaking about the wicked, their wine is the poison of what? Dragons and the cruel venom of ass, which is another form, another word for serpents. So their wine is the poison of dragon. What this woman has in her cup is what? Poisonous. Notice, the wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking what? Lies. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf adder that stoppeth her ear. Psalm 58, 3 and 4. So the Bible says here that the poison of dragon, of dragons or serpents, translates out to speaking what? Lies. Notice again. They have sharpened their tongues like a what? Serpent adder's poison is under their lips. Psalms 140 verse 3. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used what? Deceit. Their po the poison of asps is under their lips. Romans 3.13. But the tongue can no man tame. It is, a, it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. James 3.8. So this woman then called Mystery Babylon that deceives the whole world is going to deceive the world by speaking what? Lies. It's somewhere up there. Speaking lies. What's she going to be lying about? Well, notice. Pure wine in the Bible represents the unfermented gospel. Jesus, when he was just before he's about to die, it says, and he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, drink ye all of it, for this is my, what? Blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remissions of sins. Matthew 26, 27, and 28. When Jesus died, or just before he died, he, he, took, he had the cup, and the cup had what in it? Grape juice, unfermented grape juice. And he said, this is the blood of my testament or my covenant. Testament and covenant mean the same thing. So this blood symbolized then the new covenant. Well, if that's true, beloved, then counterfeit wine or fermented wine must mean a what? A fermented gospel. You see, black magic, white magic. The devil is going to come and he's going to say, okay, we're going to um, uh, uh, deceive the world with uh, witchcraft, Harry Potter, um, um, psychics, and all those things. But there are some people who are not going to fall for that. So we've got to lighten up that black magic a little bit, maybe make it gray magic where they can't tell. So under gray magic now, you've got, you know, oh, I'm just going to drink a little bit of this or, you know, I'm just going to watch a little bit of that. And you don't even realize it's magic, but nonetheless, it is. It is sorcery, medicating the mind so that you will not follow the will of the law of God. But you got some people who are like, oh, no, <laughs> we are in a culture war and we're not going to go for that at all. However, what does Satan do with them? He says, okay, they're not falling for the black magic. They're not falling for the gray magic. I've made up gray magic. I don't think you're going to find gray magic anywhere, okay? But they're not going to fall for the gray magic, so we're going to make them fall for the what? 
white magic. We're going to provide a fermented gospel that's going to circle around the new covenant. Notice again. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no what? Life in you. Now, he was not talking about his literal flesh. He was not talking about his literal blood. These were symbolisms that he was using. He said, if you don't drink my blood, you have no life in you. Why did he say that? Because in Leviticus, the Bible says that the life of the flesh is in the blood. And that's why there was a rule, do not eat blood. Never eat blood. Even to this day, the Bible tells us we are not to eat blood. However, Jesus here is saying, you have no life in you except you, eat the, you drink the blood. Spiritually speaking, whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day. So what else did the blood symbolize? It symbolized, where is it? Eternal what? Life. What does this mean? False wine would mean false what? Assurance. In other words, this gospel is going to say, hey, listen, here is the blood you don't need. This, this false wine is going to say, or this false gospel is going to say, you don't need to do certain things. You can have eternal life already. What did Satan tell Adam and Eve? You shall not surely what? Die. You'll have eternal life anyway. This gospel is going to promise people who are walking in rebellion that they too can have life regardless of their rebellion. Notice what it says in Ezekiel 13, 22. Because with lies, with what? Lies, remember the, the poison of dragons. Because with lies you have made the heart of the righteous sad, whom I have not made sad, and strengthened the hands of the wicked, that he should not, what? Return from his wicked way by promising him life. This last day counterfeit gospel is going to say life. Jesus gives us life and you don't have to do anything and you don't have to obey him and you can this and you can that and it doesn't matter. And this is one of the ways, beloved, this is Satan's ultimate deception. Promising life. Saying, hey, you don't need to, it doesn't matter. You don't need to follow God all the way. Anything that medicates the mind so that it will not follow the will or the law of God, we saw that it's spiritualism, drugs, alcohol, television and music, a false gospel. Here is the great deception, beloved. You can have eternal life without keeping all the what? Commandments. That is the ultimate deception that Satan will use to deceive the whole world by promising them life you can live forever. You can have eternal life without keeping all the commandments of God. And that's going to have a lot to do with the mark of the beast when we get to that subject. Blessed are they that do what? His commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers. Now what must that mean? Whoever is outside these gates... We're teaching that you don't have to what? Keep his commandments. So a sorcerer, in essence, who I'm kind of afraid to say this. Anyone that teaches 
that you don't need to keep the law of God is teaching you a form of what? Sorcery. And have mercy. All right, beloved. Rebellion is as the sin of what? Witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. What is rebellion? It is what? Sin. Anyone in here guilty of sin? Anyone know anyone who's struggling with sorcery tonight? Every hand (laughs) ought to be going up right about now. Beloved, when we think of sorcery, word witchcraft means to whisper a spell. Let me ask you this. Any of you ever heard a spell like, or heard a voice whispering in your own mind, hey, why don't you go do this? And something that you know you shouldn't do, but you just hear that whisper. You ever heard? The definition of witchcraft is to what? Whisper a spell. Beloved, let me tell you, I believe with all my heart that You know, there are people who say, you know, I want to go to those meetings, but they heard something whisper to them, oh, you can't go. Don't go. You've got such and such and such to do. Beloved, the devil has the power to whisper spells. That's what the word witchcraft means. So we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, beloved. We are wrestling against something supernatural. The Bible says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Every one of us in here is born with a carnal mind. And so being born with a carnal mind or having a car- in, being in possession of the carnal mind means that we are under the sorcerous power of Satan. Now, let me ask you a question. What do you do when, if you're in a third world country and someone put a spell upon you, what would you do? You don't know nothing about, you don't know anything about Jesus. What would you do? You'd be scared, okay? Good first thing. Be scared. Very scared. After that, what would you do? Your fingers and toes start dropping off. You know you're in trouble. What's the first thing you're going to go do? You don't know about Jesus. Well, no. Where are you going? Come on, think with me. Your fingers and toes drop off. Where are you going? You're going to pick up those fingers and toes and head where? Very good. To the hospital. Now, the doctor sews those fingers and toes back on. Do you go home rejoicing now saying, that was a close call? No, because the spell is still what? It's still still there. The hospital hasn't done anything. So now what do you need to do? You need to reverse the spell. How are you going to do that? You need to go to somebody else who is also in possession of supernatural what? power. Now, how many of you get where I'm about to go? Beloved, we are wrestling against a supernatural foe named Satan. And the only way you and I can ever hope to escape and to overcome this enemy is by going to one who is also what? Supernatural. And who is that one? It is Jesus Christ, beloved. We are told we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. Jesus says, but as many as received him to them gave he what? Power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, how many of you would like to have power? Beloved, how many of you realize that not all the gritting of your teeth in the world can help you to break some of these things that you're addicted to? 
See, we can't, we don't have the power to break against, to break away from these things. So God says, you come to me and submit yourself fully to me. I'm going to give you what? Power. We need power. Supernatural power. How many of you would like to have supernatural power? My beloved, I'm not talking about supernatural power to float across the stage, you know, or to, you know, hey, look, I'm going to make this thing levitate. You know, that's easy for God to do. The, 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 the devil can do that. What the devil can't do is give you supernatural power to be righteous. That's where God comes in. The true supernatural miracle is when you can have that person cut you off in the middle of the road and you smile at him. You know what I mean, right? That is a true, that is the sign of a converted person, beloved. John 1.12, notice what he says in 2 Peter 1.4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the what? Divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Beloved, God wants to call us to the throne of grace. Let us therefore come boldly unto the what? throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. God calls us to the throne of grace where we can get power to fight against the enemy. You'll remember that we talked about in Hebrews 10, 29 that the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of what? The spirit of grace. The reason why it's called the spirit of grace, beloved, is because God through grace does what? moves us through the sanctuary to the where? To the throne of grace. Beloved, sorcery is anything that moves us in which direction? Anything that moves you away from making that forward walk to Jesus Christ a sorcery. It may be your job. Now your job is not sorcery, but the devil simply has power to make you think that your job is more important than following who? Jesus. Anything the devil can get a hold of to make you think that this is more important and for the time being you've got to go in the opposite direction, that is a form of sorcery. And today, beloved, as we look at what the enemy is doing as we look at how many people are turning their backs on Jesus Christ we see that indeed the devil is deceiving this world all nations through sorcery my appeal to you tonight is this you want to make a commitment in your mind that Lord I'm going to move forward and I'm going to allow nothing to stop me from moving forward I'm going to allow nothing to come in my way. And you know the power the devil has exercised over you. You're struggling with the cigarette or you're struggling with the addiction or you're just, you know, you just love the wine tasting, whatever it is. You love the movies. You love that, that, that music, whatever it is. You're saying tonight, Lord, I can no longer allow the devil to exercise his power over me, Lord Grant me that power that you speak about in John 1.12. Help me, Lord, to move to your throne of grace and let nothing come in my way. If that is your desire, I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to ask you to say in your own mind tonight, Lord, 
that's me that's me I need your power without you I am helpless I'm an addict to whatever it is and Lord I want you to come into my life and I'm going to move forward and I'm not going to stop until I get to that throne of grace I'm not going to stop until I have that law written on my heart and I will do what you ask me to do 